Hey guys, Colin here from the WHOA GMV podcast. Um, I've actually never done anything like this before. Uh, this is completely new, completely outside of the box, but I felt it was like incredibly important. Um, this is not a podcast episode. This will be a bonus content if if that. I don't even know if it's really can be considered content as much as it is a what the heck is going on segment. <laughs> um, you know, I've invited my friend Jason Hurst into the studio tonight. Um, Jason has been on multiple episodes at this point, right, sir? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Which, do, you, do you remember the episode? We, episode yeah. 150? Yeah, 18. 18, okay. Um, we did, during the pandemic, we did the episode from, That's right. from home. Coronavirus Sessions. Yeah, yeah Coronavirus because, Sessions. Which had a really cool logo by James or a little, yeah. little like coronavirus session. Yeah. It was pretty intense. <laughs> and uh, whatever episode this is. Yeah, so, uh, you know, something significant has happened in the Gainesville community, um, really revolving around one of our sponsors. Um, you know, the GNV Commercial Advisors at Collier's Gainesville has been extremely supportive of our show, um, which has just been absolutely incredible. Like, uh, I absolutely admire the heck out of Dan at, Jason and the entire team over there. Um, and truth is like, we wouldn't be able to do the show without them. Uh, they bought into our vision for Gainesville and what we were doing with the show early on. And, uh, I'm so incredibly grateful for that. And recently, uh, I kind of through the grapevine, I wasn't even, I didn't even really get exposed firsthand to it. It was through the grapevine, through my connections. And it was like, Oh my gosh, did you hear what happened to Collier's? Um, and what happened at their location. And I was like, what are you talking? I'm like, well, like, what? What are you talking? I was completely blown away. Granted, I've been lost in my own world over here at the scooter dealership. <laughs> like, I've been telling everybody, like, opening the door at 9.30 and closing at 5.30. I'm like back to old school startup life <laughs> yeah. over here. Uh, luckily, business is improving. Things are getting a lot better. Yeah. Um, but some chaos. Uh, the only way I could really refrain are like, refer to it yeah. as uh in my perspective from the outside in really not knowing much at all is that just complete and utter chaos yeah. is the way i would describe it unnecessary chaos. <laughs> unnecessary chaos yeah. so um so jason i mean our audience audience already knows you. if they don't then go back and watch the other episodes but you are a real estate agent yeah. at collier's you are an entrepreneur yeah. you have Maple Street Biscuit Company, yeah. um, but something significant has happened, and I'm just gonna like just let you tell your story, man. So like, what yeah. the heck <laughs> has happened, my friend? So this isn't the first time I've told this story. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we were normal day as can be, June second, say about around about uh, 9:30 a.m. Um, we're sitting in the office preparing for the day. I have myself, my intern, who's a student at University of Florida. There's another coworker who was downstairs. Uh, we're just preparing for the day as normal, and we hear this doot, 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 doot on the door. And they say, police, open up. So we're like, oh, this is so-and-so. They're coming in here, because we always play practical jokes on each other. That's just, that's just our office culture. Um, so we didn't even think anything of it. We just kept typing, kept talking, uh, joking. We were listening to some um, <laughs> old school R&B music, just having a good time. Um, but then it got louder, progressively louder. The, the do 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 was almost shook the building. We're in a two two level office building uh, in an innovation district, and uh, it literally shook the building. And it said, "Police, open up. We have a warrant." I'm like, "Yo, that sound <laughs> that sound a little bit different." Um, 
So I look outside to see what was going on, and I see my coworker was downstairs with zip ties going outside. And, and not only does he have zip ties on, there's this huge GPD SWAT paddy wagon in the middle of the driveway. There's about 15 armed uh, SWAT team members um, all over the place, guns drawn, pointed at the windows, pointed at our doors. The, the streets are blocked off. We have a really narrow street in between a building across the street and our office. Um, it, just, it was just utter chaos is the way I can describe it. So I was like, yo, this is, <laughs> this is serious. We need, to, we need to probably do whatever they're asking us to do. So me and the intern uh, started going downstairs. A guy was telling us to come downstairs with your hands up if you're in the building. He asked us about three times before we, ever, before we just started you know, starting to comply. So I'm coming downstairs with my hands up, and I look in the doorway. There's a, a GPD guy, uh, fully clothed, Helmet, vest, the whole nine yards with an assault rifle pointed at me. And uh, I've never had a gun pulled on me, let alone an assault rifle. So it, I, I literally thought I was going to die at that moment. I, I did not know, you know, I did not know what was going to happen next. Um, it's almost like a time froze. But I had the presence of mind because my, my hands were up high enough to where you couldn't see them from the angle that I was coming down the stairs at. So I, I lowered my hands like, yo, I'm, I'm good. Like, I'm good. Like, let me out. Um, so my intern was close behind me. <laughs> Come to find out, she was using me as a shield. But that's a whole another story. <laughs> um, but we make it down there successfully, and um, they frisk us, pat us down, ask me my name, ask her her name, and um, we are zip tied as well. And we're walked out to uh, the sidewalk right in front of our office, along with our coworker, and we're looking at each other like, "What the heck just happened?" Um, Nobody had any answers. And we asked uh, the police uh, officers, the investigators that were there, uh, you know, what's going on? They said, well, we're doing a sweep right now. As soon as we get things under control, we'll let you know. So I say it was about 30 to 45 minutes. We were uh, zip tied, a huge spectacle, very embarrassing um, in front of our office without any answers as to what's going on. So you can imagine our hearts are pounding, our minds are racing, you know, uh, we didn't know what was gonna happen. Paddy paddy wagon doors open, we're like, oh, we're going going to jail, we don't even know what for. Um, So eventually the investigator brings us over, um, asks our name again, gets our information and reads off the warrant. Basically another real estate firm in town had pressed criminal charges for a trade secret uh, infringement and they were serving the warrant that day for that trade secrets. Now, trade secrets, because I had to look it up for myself to make sure that that was actually criminal, it could be anything from contacts, um, emails, um, basically intellectual property of any nature. So immediately I thought that that was a little bit egregious for a trade secrets warrant. Uh, I've seen probably less use of force for more, way more egregious uh, offenses. Uh, so I was pissed off. Um, I was pissed off. I was a little bit still scared and shaken that had an AR-15 pointed at me. Um, but eventually they, they, they snipped the, um, the zip ties. And then they told us that because we're under investigation that they had to seize all of our digital assets. So our computers, all the computers in the office, um, all of our phones, all of our uh, you know, Apple Watch, digital watches, anything that we had that was of digital nature, they were seizing. Now, I asked him to read the warrant again, and he read the names off, and my name wasn't even on it. So here I am. I've, been, I've had my life threatened. I've been zip-tied. I've been embarrassed for who knows what, who knows who may have walked by. Um, and I'm not even implicated, and all my stuff got seized. So, I, I mean, I'm fuming at this point. 
Um, so while they were seizing all of the assets, uh, we were escorted into our own conference room in our own office. You know, it's about 10, 15, 10, 30 now. So everybody else that usually comes in for the day is starting to come. They're getting debriefed. They're brought into the office as well. Um, we don't have any phones. We haven't been able to contact anybody. Um, eventually, the lead investigator uh, gives us our, uh, his phone to be able to call you know, wives, attorneys. We had missed multiple meetings that day, so we had to call our clients that day. I mean, it was just a big mess. So we were detained for about three hours in our own conference room while they searched and seized uh, all of the property um, that was listed in the warrant. Um, again, a warrant that I was not even implicated in. And here, the inter poor intern, this is, only, this is only her second day on the job. Oh, my God. Yeah. And she was like, now, who is such and such company? She hadn't even heard of the company. So she was like, why am I getting uh, lumped into this? So they took her computer, and she's in classes this summer. So she doesn't even have any, any way of, of, of completing her classes. So um, she ended up having to go back uh, home for a little bit, and then coming back, we supplied her with a computer. But it was just a huge mess. But, yeah, we got detained. Um, and after the three hours was up, you know, here's a card. If you have any questions, let us know. And went on their merry way. And to this day, I have not talked to the lead investigator. This is going on almost a month now. It'll be a month this weekend. I've not talked to the lead investigator. Haven't gotten any guidance on when I'm going to get my stuff back. Haven't gotten any guidance on much of anything um, other than it's an ongoing investigation and you need to be patient. And any, any guidance that we got during that time was that it could be months, it could be weeks to months before we got anything back. Uh, so it has been... Um, it's been mentally draining. Um, I, I'm, I'm tired. I'm frustrated. I'm angry. I mean, every emotion I think I've touched in the past couple of weeks, it's been completely debilitating towards my job, obviously. Had to go get a phone that I was going give, to give to my son. It's cracked and all that other stuff. I had to go use that for my business. Had to go buy a new computer. Still haven't gotten my watch back. Um, but we basically had to kind of rebuild at the same time. Uh, it's trying to get answers to what's going on here and really there hasn't been much because like I said it's an ongoing investigation so yeah these last three or four weeks have been pretty pretty traumatic for to say the least for everybody involved have you been able to actually operate business <laughs> from a mental standpoint I mean yeah. one just complete transparency you guys yeah. for everybody who's listening uh Collars is helping us with Elise <laughs> next door, yeah. uh, which we've talked about on the previous episodes and stuff. Yeah. I mean, we've been we've had this property for lease, and I mean, you were spot on, still like negotiating yeah. this lease, helping <laughs> us with everything. Yeah. And then, and then I find out about this, I'm like, how the heck can you even <laughs> focus on this, man? Like, yeah. how, how is this even in the realm of what you're doing right now? Yeah, man. Um, I um, I think that I have a, I have a bigger opportunity and a bigger platform to show um, strength in this instance because usually in these instances and I'm not let me be very clear this is not anything racial yes I'm a black man yes black men don't have a, a very uh, very positive history with the police um, this is a human issue did it first even and cross foremost. your mind though yes it did yes especially when I was coming down the stairs black man cop that was the first thing that cut yeah 100% transparent that's the first thing that crossed my mind but it's not yeah no, it's it's not it's not a racial incident at all. Um, people have tried to make it out to be, but it's, that's not what it is. It's a human decency issue at this point. And um, I think the platform that it has created with me sharing my story and me um, telling about what happened and the injustice that's taking place 
has given me a light and a platform to be, um, to show quiet strength. Um, people know that I'm angry. Yeah, I wanna, I want, yeah, there's a bunch of stuff that's going through my mind that I really want to do, um, that I'm, I'm really showing restraint. And I think that that is, part of that is because of my faith walk. Um, I think that there is a platform that is higher than me mm-hmm. that I need to be able to live out and show um, in, in the midst of adversity that love can prevail and win. That it's not a, it's not a sensitive thing. It's not anything that's um, a, a point of weakness or that I'm not angry, that I'm not, uh, you know, uh, feeling, feeling uh, the way that I feel, which is completely um, uh, demoralized and, and angry. Um, but it is, you know, it's a meekness. It's the same meekness that, that Jesus used when he was persecuted um, back in the Bible days. Um, that you can take all that and still smile. You can take all that. You can still work. You can still be a family man. You can still do all of these things and still feel how you want to feel. Um, but you can work the process, uh, whatever that is afforded to me. Right now, it's not much. <laughs> it's not much of a process um, other than being patient and letting these things kind of work themselves out. Okay. The, I think a lot of people out there are gonna be thinking or wondering, okay, is any of it true? I mean, how how could uh, SWAT like go in yeah. or GPD like go in with AR-15s and a full team yeah. and do something like this if any of it was, uh, if they had no evidence whatsoever? Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? Like, I, I, my, my first, uh, I don't know my first like perspective. I, I was like, I was like, I mean, of course, I was like, what? Yeah. Like, how, how could this even happen? Yeah. But then part of me is like, well, like they can't just go in there and do that, right? Unless yeah. unless they have some sort of evidence that yeah. there's something. Yeah. Right. I mean, is that? I mean, yes, yes, there is. I mean, again, this is an ongoing investigation, so I'm going to be very careful about my words. But I do. All this stuff is public records, so you can go and look at the police report. Um, I question the police report that was used in this particular matter, and I'm sure there's other things and other layers that um, brought it to the point where it was today or to, to where, where it was on June 2nd, at least. Um, but there was some stuff on that police report. Um, like, for instance, said, said company, said person filed the police report, and it had items on there. One of the items belonged to me. Now, the funny part is the police report was said to be filed on July of 2020, one of the items on there was my car that was said to be taken, which I never worked for said company, and I didn't even buy the car until December of 2020. So there has to be some kind of collusion to where the said report was backdated because how can you put a car on there that a person doesn't own? I guess, like that's, like my, my son can figure that one out. Right. Um, so again, Yes, I, I, first of all, I'm a huge supporter of the police, continue to be a huge supporter of the police, but I'm not a supporter of um, when there are flaws in the system or when there are loopholes in the system that have not been adhered to. Um, there needs to be a, there needs to be a accountability. And uh, I, I think, I think, I'm very thankful for the partnership that I've had with uh, Fareed Johnson, who's over the um, the Gainesville uh, Police, it's called the PAC, the Police Accountability or Police Police Accountability Coalition, or basically they, they help hold the police accountable. Um, but Freed has been very good in getting me the information I need to be able to kind of fight back 
to be able to ask the right questions, to be in front of the right people. So I'm very thankful for that relationship. I'm very thankful for Jamie Koenig, who is over internal affairs. We've been in contact. Uh, she's been very helpful in helping me get through uh, that get information there and, and me being able to share my story, share my frustration, share what I what I believe is my truth in the matter. Um, but yeah, obviously you don't make it to the state attorney's office and back to a judge without some kind of due process. But in, in all honesty, I have to I have to question that process. Um, that that same process that brings an innocent man into 15 feet within 15 feet of an assault rifle that could have went off. Then that's a whole nother, <laughs> CNN and everybody else that you can possibly imagine would have been in Gainesville because of me not even being in that warrant. That would have been a whole, <laughs> a whole nother thing that the city would have to deal with. But it, um, I just don't think. Do you that, look at that you know, as they were doing, like they were doing their job, or do you look at I that believe, as like that, I that was unnecessary? I mean, I, I try, you know, to play devil's advocate, yeah. right? Like I try to like put myself in everybody's shoes, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, they were obviously doing what they were told to do, yeah. right? They didn't necessarily yeah. know the circumstances on the other side of the door. Sure. Right, so uh, you know, you know what I mean. Like yeah. I'm trying to kind think, of put myself think, in everybody's shoes and understand from their perspective. I think that the guys that were there were simply doing their job. They are people who carry out orders, and they are respectful of those orders. And I completely get that. The guys that were involved were doing what they were asked to do. But still, at My, the same time, it's scary. As yeah, hell. I mean, but I, I question the process that led to the person who called those orders into into fruition. Okay, because. The ends just don't justify the means. This is completely unprecedented. No one that I've talked to in law enforcement or retired law enforcement or anybody of reasonable sense would would think that trade secrets, emails, contacts, intellectual property warrant 15 SWAT members to descend upon an office with people who have little to no criminal history, if at all. And it's it's just... it didn't make any sense. We don't. Yeah, so why would they do it? Like that, that's <laughs> that's the, what we're trying to figure out. Yeah, that's what we're trying to figure out. Um, so there's there's public record yeah. that Collier's, uh, or I guess the team members of, mm-hmm. had filed a suit against yeah. said brokerage. Yeah. Um. That is the the ones that are basically saying that you guys stole trade secrets, yeah. right? So there's a penny suit. Like, is this a? I mean, when you take a bird's eye view, do you look at this as being a retaliation of some sort? It could be seen that way. Um, it could be seen that way. Um, yeah, but we don't really know. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it could be seen that way. But you don't really know because there's still a lot of details that haven't unfolded just yet. Yeah. Okay. Um, I guess you know to so, so I, because I'm kind of in the same place. Like I know that we can't you know dive into so many details yeah. here. Uh, but I guess my final question would be like, what do you want the community to, to know about you? To know about you, know, Collier's. Yeah. I think the the community should definitely know that um, the the reason why I even joined Collier's over a year ago was because of being able to work with a team of people that I saw as people I looked up to personally, um, that I've worked with personally, and that had a pretty pristine reputation in town. 
Um, there's one gentleman on the team that's been there, been in town for 30 years, um, and you just don't do anything for 30 years without having pretty good character and integrity um, for the most part. Um, and he, in my eyes, he had that. So um, one of the reasons why I even joined the team is because getting an opportunity to work with those types of people um, was really, was really key, key for me in my, my, my career. Um, my, my organization, Maple Street Business Company, has been a huge supporter since day one of the police department from having coffee with a cop where we allow um, people from the community to come in and ask questions with the cops, have interface with the cops, let them know that these people are human and they're here to protect and serve us. Sure, we see on the media and media can misconstrue who the cops are. The cops have always been here to protect and serve in my eyes. Are there a few bad apples in a batch? Sure, there's a few bad apples in a batch in any organization. Um, but I, I have always taught my children and I've always led in the community to support, uh, to support the GPD, Latchville County Sheriff's Office, and we'll continue to do that with all of our initiatives. And we, during COVID, we delivered um, caterings to them uh, as, as frontline workers. So we will continue to do that. Um, but I have always been and continue, will continue to be um, a supporter of, of law enforcement. Um, how, however... I cannot be that person who stands on the sideline when an injustice takes place. Um, me even being able to step forward was really scary for me, quite frankly, um, because usually those those things don't end very well for uh, people of color, one, in my opinion, mm-hmm. uh, and anybody that comes up against uh, law enforcement. Uh, but I, I, I said that I don't want to be that person who becomes a martyr on the other side of the bullet <laughs> and becomes a catalyst like uh, all, of, all of the things we've seen on CNN, uh, whether, whether right, wrong or indifferent. I wanted to be that person that survived on this side of the bullet that can really cause change. So what I'm asking for the community to do is to really um, hold them accountable in this situation. If you, if you agree that a wrong has been done here after hearing this story, after hearing what have, uh, what's happened to myself and other upstanding individuals in the community, um, let, let GPD know. Um, uh, Tony Jones has been very responsive and very open to receiving uh, feedback. I've had multiple people that have reached out to ask how they can help. I just I send them right to writing a letter, going on the website for GPD, and voice your, your concern. If you think I'm an upstanding individual in the community, if you think I'm a leader in the community, great. Tell them that. Tell them how, uh, how, how I've affected community. Tell them the impact that I've made on you because that really goes a long way to, and it doesn't, need, it doesn't even need to be a community leader. It needs to be, it's a human issue. It's a human injustice. So great you think I'm a leader. Great that you think I'm an upstanding individual. But even if I'm not, no human should be subject to having their life on the line, one, for something that they're innocent in, but two, for the ends that don't justify the means. I just, I can't, I couldn't, I couldn't go to sleep at night without, and I still am struggling with sleeping at night without, without knowing that justice has not been served. Yeah. So I'm really sending people to voice their opinion to GPD, ask the questions, ask the tough questions. They've been very responsive to it. I've been, like I said, I went to the PAC meeting a couple weeks ago. I've been in contact with internal affairs, been in contact with my attorney. And everybody has been, for the most part that I've worked with, has been pretty receptive. And it sounds like that voice, the voice of the people is really being heard and there's really being action taken. Now, is it the action that I, I want? Um, I, I definitely think that there needs to be a review. Um, if you go online and also look at the 
instances where the SWAT is supposed to be deployed, there's a lot of loopholes there. So if we can make sure that we are keeping the police accountable, not just in this instance, but going forward on to when, as to when we need to deploy the SWAT team, I think that's going to be extremely valuable. Yeah, isn't this just a civil matter? So very, yeah. Why, why was SWAT even... I don't even know how it became, became criminal. Right. It's, 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 that's unprecedented. <laughs> so, I think that's where I'm like yeah. really blown away. Right. Like, How did it even get to that point? So th- those are the tough questions we need to be challenging the police department on and get, really having answers. Oh, which, obviously, they're gathering all the facts, but I, I'm going to hold them accountable on that, and I ask the community to do so as well. Okay, so I think there's going to be a, a segment out there, a, a group of people who are thinking, okay, SWAT raided your office. Yeah. They have your equipment. Are they going to find anything? <laughs> no. No. Okay, and then what? No. I mean, from a, from a standpoint of, like, you were, I mean, if, if this was a, you were falsely accused yeah. of stealing trade secrets yeah. and they don't find anything, Yeah. <laughs> what should be done? We'll, we'll wait till we get to that point. Okay. But, but my, my goal and my prayer is that ultimately justice be served um, and that there really is true significant reform that takes place because no, again, imagine if all of that happened and the gun did go off. Yeah. <laughs> like, so that's a, it just becomes a totally different issue for the community. And <laughs> we're looking like all the other places where there has been injustice, uh, rightfully so or wrongfully so, and you know everybody and their mom's gonna come down here. And um, it's just, yeah. I'm thankful that I'm on this side of the bullet to be able to try to try to effectuate change, and it's it's sad that it has to become to you you know being on the other side of the bullet uh, for real change to take place. But um, yeah, I'm not I'm not gonna let it let it go by the wayside. I'm thankful you're on that side too. Yeah. Um, just, just for everybody who's listening, like I've known this guy for a long time, a long time, and you're one of the most outstanding you know, the highest character individuals I know. I appreciate that. And when I found out that this even happened to you, I mean, even if there was something that was going on, you're, if, if colors were found out to be connected some to something, yeah. like you're guilty by association because you weren't even involved in it. <laughs> right. right? Right. So, so it really, that, that kind of bothers me, but I also go to the standpoint of, okay. And I think a lot of our audience knows this as well about you know the fact that I, I'm like you when it comes to, to faith hmm. and that God puts us in these places for <laughs> particular reasons and we don't yeah. ever understand them at the time. Yeah. Right, we really don't. Like, why would God want you to do this, right? Go through this. And, and I had called you and we had talked yeah. and I'm definitely like 100% wanted to encourage you from the standpoint of, and my thought process was, man, like God picked the right person. Yeah. Picked the right person because there's nobody in this town, in my opinion, that could go through something like this with so much class and so much character than you. No, I appreciate that. And, and so I just want to absolutely encourage you to uh, continue to take that higher ground yeah. and approach it that way. Because um, we never really know why God puts us in these positions, but 
you are the cream of the crop, my friend, and I'm honored to know you. I'm honored that Dan and you and the entire Callers team uh, sponsor our show mm. and have been so supportive of what we're doing that, I don't know guys, I just felt super called to, uh, to just have Jason come in and just share at least his perspective of it. Appreciate and that. you know, let, I mean, the audience can, you know, take whatever perspective they want, right? Like yeah. they're hearing it. Uh, but I was like, man, I was like, <laughs> you guys have been so incredible to us. I, I, I know you as a human. I know Dan as a human, like mm. on real, on a real level. And nothing's ever going to change that. Nothing's going to change my perspective of that. And I, uh, I'm super appreciative of you. And I'm, I don't know, I guess, I guess I just wish you the very best in this. I know it's a complete headache, yeah. and I hope that justice <laughs> yeah. is served as well. Yeah, yeah, I can't, I mean, I can't tell you that there aren't nights where I, I sit up and wonder why is this taking place? Right. Um, I wake up, my jaw's sore from just grinding my teeth all night. Sure. Um, and I cl- sometimes I close the door in my car and I'll, I'll, I'll scream <laughs> and yell. Um, but yeah, I, I think that, like you said, I think that, and I've, I've heard, I appreciate those kind words. I've heard that from other people too. And I'm just like, yeah, this is, this was, this was my year of supernatural joy. And this has been one of the biggest challenges of my life. I, I quite frankly could have lost my life and lost all of this stuff. But I have, it's a daily decision for me to choose joy, choose to smile, um, because all of that could have been taken away. But at the same time, I have to have that controlled anger mm-hmm. that is constructive and really motivating me to do something to, to change the situation and, and be a voice um, for those that, uh, that go through these types of things or could, could potentially go through these types of things. So, yeah, I do believe I'm in the, the right place. Um, wrong situation, right place. Um, but it's so funny. I had a dream the other night. And I was just, I was with a friend, of, a close friend of mine in the dream, and we were just laughing, and I couldn't, it was like uncontrollable, you know that uncontrollable laughter when you're almost, cr- you're crying, and you just almost can't breathe? And um, I woke up that day, and I was like, what, what the heck were we laughing at? So I get to the gym, and I feel like, I, in my head, that I had this impression on my mind that you will have the last laugh. Mm. And, I, and I, I held on, I've, I've held on to that since that dream happened, that some good is gonna come out of this. Whether it's for me, whether it's for somebody else, but you know, justice will have the last laugh. That's it, that's it. Thanks for coming. Yeah, man, thanks, thanks for doing th- this, man. No, man, thanks for being here. Like, again, it wasn't planned, it wasn't, it was just kind of a, one of those things where I was like, you know what, like, I know Jason Hurst. Yeah. And I know Dan. And I know the team over at Collier's, like something needs to be said here. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, so, yeah, uh, yeah, you're always always on the forefront. Um, and I think that- uh, It's scary for me, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, You bro. know, it's like, it's like, it's kind of stepping outside the yeah. normal, you know, hey, tell us your story, yeah. <laughs> you know, which I love. I love, I yeah. love doing podcast interviews. I love hearing people's stories and sharing. You know, the whole reason we got into this was to make Gainesville a better community. Yeah. Right? Yeah retain our top six talent, attract experienced talent, attract, you know, investors to here, build collaboration within the community. I mean, that's the whole reason we started the show. And, and then when I hear something like this happen, I'm like, man, this is like, this is, this is terrible. Yeah. 
you know I've, I've had the thoughts of leave, do i need to leave my get my family out of here is it is it about that time we've been here for 15 years now and i just like this is still one of the greatest communities i've ever been a part of it's still Amen. very a, a great part but every 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 great city has its growing pains and challenges um and if you really care about the city you'll do something to change it while you're here and i, and I do care about the city it's not time for me to leave. It's time for me to help us help us grow. So I'm, I'm just trying to do my part. I appreciate that. Yeah. I love you, man. Love you too, man. Thanks for all you do. And uh, there it is, podcast fam, from Jason Hurst himself. And uh, thanks for listening. We'll see you later. Bye.